Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Today's episode, we're going to talk about self-love, a concept for many of us that is not yet a practice that is so important on our healing journey. On last week's episode, we talked all about forgiveness and how to forgive. A major component in forgiveness of self and of others is self-love. Self-love is something that you hear so often talked about and something that not many of us really practice or really even know how to practice. So on today's episode, we're going to dive in how to cultivate and strengthen a foundation of true self-love. You're absolutely right, Jenna. Many of us struggle with self-love into adulthood. As children, our core need is to get love because as children, our survival depends on it. If we don't have that point of connection, that caregiver that cares enough about us to show up in service of our needs, we don't have a chance to survive. So what many of us begin to do in childhood is we begin to adapt and modify all of the parts of ourselves that didn't feel safe to express or that were shamed when we began to express it. So as children, we begin to erode that self-love at such an early age because, again, our survival depends on it. So self-love and the practice of self-love really is tending to that inner child within you. It's becoming that loving parent. We talk often about reparenting. So it's acknowledging the little you inside of you, your inner child that didn't get those needs met, that didn't get that love, and becoming the person for that inner you, that little you, who supplies that love, who gives that awareness and attention and that nurturing. So when you're saying inner child, what Jenna is meaning is the part of our subconscious mind that carries all of the habits and patterns that we began practicing in childhood. It carries actually all of those suppressed, repressed, avoided, ignored emotions that once were our truth. And again, we carry that in our subconscious mind. And what lives in there for many of us are narratives of unworthiness, of being less than, of being not worthy of that love. We then continue to engage in these conditioned habits and patterns that don't actually serve our needs, whether it's our physical needs, our emotional needs, or our spiritual needs for self-expression. So when we're living from that subconscious autopilot, we're continuing to live the habits and patterns that aren't actually loving to ourself at all. So in order to build a foundation of self-love and build a practice of self-love, we first have to have that awareness, awareness of that autopilot, awareness of those subconscious patterns and habits that really aren't serving or nurturing us. With that awareness, we're then able to begin to meet our own needs and offer ourselves the love and nurturing and presence that we needed as a child. So then what is self-love itself? Self-love is such a core part of our healing journeys, and it's a practice that we talk about often and weave into all of our content within our virtual membership, The Self-Healer Circle. So I've actually printed off a part of a course that I created in the circle for self-love that really breaks down what self-love is and really applicable tools for how to begin building self-love and a practice of self-love in your days. So what is self-love itself? Self-love is the act of being present and attentive with yourself no matter what, regardless of the situation. So being radically honest with how you're feeling in that moment. Now, this is something that's unconditional. So it doesn't mean that you have to like how you're feeling. It doesn't mean you have to be proud of who you're being in that moment. Self-love is really cultivating the awareness 
of what's happening in that moment, what is coming up for you, what you are seeing, and being able to accept that and offer yourself compassion and love regardless of the circumstance. This is such an important place to start because I think a lot of us, when we hear self-love, we automatically think of maybe looking at yourself in the mirror and saying really nice things. I love you, Nicole. You're beautiful. You're great. And I think for many of us, especially when we're when our inner child is wounded, when we have adapted and modified aspects of ourself or our needs, we're not going to be able to jump right into that practice. For me, even still, that's very uncomfortable. The first step for many of us in self-love, like Jenna is saying, is that awareness and that acceptance of maybe our physical needs. For some of us, even becoming aware that we have them, that might have been the place where we modified or we suppressed ourselves. Peeling back another layer of that onion becomes our emotional world. And a lot of us continue to suppress or repress or shame the emotions that we're experiencing, let alone getting into our spiritual essence and being who we are in the world. So to be clear, when we're talking about self-love, we're not necessarily talking about drawing hearts on our mirror around our face. For some of us, we're talking about honoring our needs in any given moment from a real honest place. A lot of the time that really raw self-love does come from those moments where you look in the mirror and you really don't like what you see. You don't like how you're acting. You don't like who you're being. And I know from personal experience, those are the most challenging times to offer yourself that self-love. And it's within that challenge that that offering of self-love, that practice of it, that action of it really creates the deepest and lasting transformation and healing on your journey. My journey of self-love actually began when I came to realize that I never factored myself in. Those of you who have heard my work probably heard me use this narrative over and over again. My journey began when I realized how much I didn't feel considered, not only by the world around me and my relationships and my partners, first and foremost, by myself. I didn't consider my own needs. I always outsourced. I always looked to serve someone else. So my journey began when I came to that awareness that, wait a minute, I'm actually not even creating space in my world to tend to myself in any way. I, in a sense, am continuing that narrative of unworthiness because that's the deeper message we send ourselves. When we don't show up in service of our needs in any direction, the message is, I'm not worthy of showing up. So for me, my journey again began by coming to that awareness of the role I was playing in terms of keeping myself disconnected from myself. We can't love something that we don't feel connected to. And getting connected to that part of ourselves or those parts of ourselves is really being the presence that that maybe was always neglected, that maybe was always shamed, or maybe that you've always been ashamed of. All of those parts of us that we're ashamed of or that we wish to ignore are often the inner child within us crying out for love, crying out for attention, crying out for that nurturing. So as an adult, taking responsibility and choosing to develop that loving parental relationship with that younger version of you, that wounded part of you, and being the one who shows up to see yourself, to love yourself, even in those moments you wish to ignore them. This is the practice of really developing a baseline of self-love. For those of us who always have that critical voice on repeat in our head, the first step of this journey 
is not going, of course, to those loving phrases because, of course, we're not going to believe them at this time. For a lot of us, the first step of the journey is removing our attention from that endless stream of criticism. So, yes, our subconscious mind might offer how unworthy we are in that moment as a gentle reminder. We get to choose how much attention we pay to it. So the less attention we pay by removing our focus, putting it on something, anything else in our environment, that for many of us is the first step of our journey. Of course, you can then add in an affirmation, a kind, loving statement to yourself, though don't expect to believe it at first. Because what you've been believing, of course, is all of that criticism that's been on repeat in your mind for a lifetime, maybe. I know sometimes a lot of this sounds easier said than done. And when we talk about, you know, refocusing or choosing a different thought, it sounds a lot simpler in theory. So how do we actually do that? How do we come present in the moment? That brings us to the second baseline of self-love, which is awareness. Awareness, when we think about awareness, we think about consciousness. And if you've listened to our work, you hear us talk about that practice of consciousness often. Consciousness lives not in that autopilot, not where all of those habits and patterns that aren't self-loving live. It lives in a different part of our mind. It lives in the present moment. So for many of us, that means beginning to practice tuning into that present moment, not that critical voice, the moment in time that's happening, refocusing on your breath. Maybe breathing deeply from your belly, putting your hand, and that's where the hook for your attention goes. I'm not in my critical mind. I'm feeling my body as it's breathing in the moment. When we develop that awareness, we can create the space to see that criticism and, again, to refocus our attention away. And feeling into that moment, putting your attention in that present moment really brings us to trust. What does trusting yourself look like? How do you do that? It first begins with being present with yourself, tuning into yourself and tuning into your body, listening to your physical body. Your physical body is always sending you messages and it's our responsibility to begin to learn ourselves, to understand our own selves and our own body and really understand the message that it's conveying to us. So trying to name how we're feeling, maybe putting a name to the emotion in those moments, when we give ourselves the opportunity to check in, we can ask ourselves one of the most valuable questions on a journey towards self-love, which is, what do I need right now? Tuning into your physical body, tuning into your emotional world, and creating the space to allow it to speak, and then furthermore, to trust what it's saying. Because another byproduct of living in this subconscious autopilot all of these habits that don't serve us is lack of self-trust. We've witnessed ourselves by the time many of us reach adulthood, living habits and patterns that don't serve our authentic needs in any way. And what that results in is a pattern of what we call self-betrayal. At our core, we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to hear what we need. And we definitely don't trust ourselves to express and to meet those needs. For many of us, the journey to self-trust begins when we begin to show up for ourselves in those moments by asking what we need and by building a new practice of making and keeping a small daily promise to meet those needs. The more you set an intention to show up for yourself in any way and then show alignment, meaning keep that promise, meet your need in that way over time, not overnight you begin to rebuild that lost trust. 
you begin to turn into someone who can not only hear your body, hear your emotional needs, but you can gain trust that you will show up in action and actualizing meeting those needs. And for many of us, that's the most pivotal shift in our journey because what we've been showing ourselves all along up until now is how often we don't show up in our needs. We're self-betraying every day. That self-betrayal is really a need to control. We're betraying ourselves to control an external environment or to control someone or something around us. So building that trust and moving away from that self-betrayal really means letting go of external control and focusing your control on the only place that you really do have a say, which is to yourself and within yourself, which brings us to knowledge. So trusting yourself is listening to yourself, understanding yourself, building that small daily promise practice and following through to really honor yourself. Now, to begin to do that, you have to know yourself. You have to sit and ask yourself the question, what do I need right now? Who am I? What excites me? What brings me joy? Any questions that we'd have out of curiosity of maybe meeting another person? We have all this curiosity or interest in someone else. We're shifting that light back on ourselves. Now we're asking ourselves those questions. What is my truth? How do I show up for myself in my life personally and professionally? What things do I enjoy? This is sort of like a self-interview that is really necessary in being able to cultivate a practice of self-love because you can't self-love if you don't know what it is or who it is that you're loving. And I know often when we talk about this or we talk about the question, you know, what do I need right now? A lot of people's response, and it's a really normal and common response, is to immediately say, oh my gosh, I don't know. I ask myself that question and nothing comes. I don't have the answers. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not doing anything wrong if that's the case. It's then the practice of still being able to sit in that stillness. And I can imagine, I know I've been there before in those moments of that discomfort. When you ask yourself a question and you don't know your own answer, that's uncomfortable and that can be very scary. So in that moment, having the awareness of that discomfort, of that fear of not liking that you don't know your own answers That in itself is a tremendous opportunity to offer yourself that kindness, to offer yourself that acceptance and simply allow that to be as you spend more time with yourself, creating these small daily promises and following through, you'll begin to work your way into the answer. The messages are always there. The universe, your body, your spirit is always speaking to you. It just takes consistent time and practice to allow that voice to shine through. I'm so happy you're speaking to everyone out there who probably has no idea. And I will acknowledge too that there was a very long time where I didn't know, let alone the big questions of what do I want? Who am I? What is my passion and purpose? I couldn't even navigate my daily needs. I didn't know what my body needed in any given moment. I was barely in touch with my emotions. So I very much was that person deer in headlights. I don't know. And sometimes for some of us, we keep ourselves distracted from knowing. We keep ourselves busy. We keep ourselves worrying about everyone else and their needs in our life. And it's not to say that we don't have obligations and responsibilities, especially parents out there. There's a lot, a lot of us have going on. However, for some of us, the practical application of how and where do I find the answers to these questions means creating a practice or time 
spent with yourself, away from other people, in a journaling practice, setting your alarm for 15 minutes before your children wake up so you can have 15 minutes of quiet to start your day. Might feel daunting, especially for those of us who walk around externally focused, worrying about everyone else. For many of us, we need the space before we can begin to feel into the answers to those questions. Which leads us perfectly into that fifth baseline of self-love, which is respect, which means prioritizing you, creating that time for you. As Nicole mentioned, you know, I know a lot of people, the first thing they will say, it's either time or money. No one has time or money. And we really do all have the same amount of time. It's up to us and what we choose to do with that time. So even if you're getting up at 5 a.m., that might be your only time. Setting an alarm even five minutes earlier. When we do want to choose to go through a healing journey, when we do want to change or transform and heal, we do have to make sometimes critical choices to take responsibility to make time for it. So that does actually mean prioritizing yourself creating time in the calendar, in time and space. I know for me, putting things either in my phone on a calendar or writing it out on a calendar is so crucial because it's so easy to walk around in our days, especially when we're filled with so much busyness to say, oh, I'll do this then. I'll get to that this afternoon. I'll journal when I wake up tomorrow morning. And then suddenly tomorrow morning comes and I don't do it. Putting it into a calendar actually puts it out into time and space. And it's a way to practice really holding yourself accountable. The next step of that, of course, once it's in the calendar is keeping that promise, taking that time. And I will share from my own personal journey, it's hard. Even me, it's very difficult to hold ourselves accountable in those moments, especially when there's a million obligations. Even on my own journey now, the time I've created for myself from the beginning of my journey is in the morning, before my day got started, before the time I was seeing clients, before I had to show up for the world. So for me, that meant setting my alarm a bit earlier and creating morning daily habits that were about me. Now, of course, I'm several years along on my journey. Those morning choices are still at my top of mind. And I'll be honest, I don't always make the choice to keep those habits every morning. When I'm busy, when I have deadlines, it's so easy for me to forget my own choices of keeping myself as a priority to so quickly pick up my cell phone, jump in my emails, work toward meeting that next next deadline and forgetting how important that time is for me to tend to me. So each and every morning, it is my responsibility to continue to hold myself accountable to keeping those promises. Because again, the byproduct of not prioritizing yourself, of allowing that promise to wait until tomorrow is continuing to strengthen that message that you're not worthy of being that priority for yourself. So the simple of action of creating that time of making a choice for you is beginning to rebuild that trust and that love, beginning to say, you know what? I have a lot of obligations and I'm one of them. And as we always talk about in the circle, in our work, we can't show up as a full whole human for someone else unless We are showing up as a full, whole human for ourselves, And this even includes our children. So to really simplify what we're saying here is this is the work and it takes work. And I know so often everyone wants to jump to the finish line. We all want to heal. We all want to transform. We all want to consciously create this great life that, that we've designed. 
And in order to do that, we need to show up and do the work ourselves. No one can do the work for us. There's nothing wrong. I really, I do want to highlight this as we're talking about, you know, making these choices or taking responsibility. There's nothing wrong in choosing to not do that, choosing to not heal, choosing to, you know, not show up to, to do the work, to do these reflection prompts or to create those small daily promises that doesn't make you worse. It doesn't make you wrong in any way. That's just simply another choice yourself. And we all could continue to go on that way. And many of us will, will stay in this autopilot. We will stay in life as we know it now. There's nothing wrong with that. However, if you do want to heal those wounds, if you do want to create that change and transformation and really live by your own design, it does take actually showing up then to do the work. And another big part of this respect piece for anyone who is interested in showing up to do that work, two really great journal prompts to use in your reflection are where am I putting myself last and what am I tolerating that I don't want to be? Now, where am I putting myself last and what am I tolerating that I do not want to be? These two are really big ones that I put into respect because it takes honoring ourselves. It may take creating boundaries with another person or situation to stop betraying ourselves and to begin honoring ourselves and putting ourselves first, understanding that meeting our own needs first is the only way that we can truly and authentically meet the needs of those around us. And ultimately, the the journey of self-love is a journey, right? You might be listening and some of these different baselines might be resonating differently with each of you. It's really about finding a place to start not tackling all of these concepts that we're talking about, beginning in one place in one area. Because to speak to your point, Jenna, when we're talking about respect, a lot goes into it. Relationships get included. We might have to begin to show up differently within our relationships. It gets complicated. And until we're aware of ourselves, until we're connected with ourselves, until we're beginning to trust our own needs It is really difficult, again, to begin to show up in relationships in that self-expression. So really honoring the journey that is self-love. We began this episode by acknowledging that it is a process. There's different components. There's not a mantra that goes along with the practice of self-love that is going to change your relationship with yourself, because that's what we're talking about. To love someone, like we revisited earlier, we need to be connected in a true, authentic, respectful way, and a way in which we feel safe to honor the ever-changing needs of that person. And until that begins with us, until I know me, until I respect me, until I can show up fully as me, it's going to be very difficult to translate that practice into loving ourselves within relationship with another person, and then even more so into truly and unconditionally loving another human. A really simple practice that was monumental for me is simply writing a letter to yourself, writing a love letter to yourself. And you can tie this in with that small daily promise, building this small new habit. So each night for 30 days straight, I wrote a letter to myself, something kind and inspiring to myself or just acknowledging myself that I then the next morning would begin my day with. I had already done it the night before. So first thing in the morning, I got to read a letter that was written to little Jenna from me now, really giving myself love and nurturing already to begin my day, despite what was going on. Like our friends and partners, you know, I 
love them all of the time and I like them 99% of the time. Self-love is the same way. Loving yourself does not always mean liking yourself. It means, however, loving yourself anyways. So those small daily promises, these small little habits, writing yourself a letter is a great way to begin to really show up for yourself on what actually is a lifelong journey. Whether it's writing a letter, making the small daily promise, any moment where you can acknowledge yourself goes a long way on this journey to rebuilding the lost self-love that most of us as adults are struggling with. We look forward to continuing our journey with you all on our next episode of The Soundboard.